Welcome to the Chickasha Chamber Chatter Podcast, the only podcast that takes you behind the scenes of small businesses right here in Chickasha, Oklahoma. And now, here is your host, Whitney Palisano, Membership Director of the Chickasha Chamber. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today for episode two of season three of the Chickasha Chamber Chatter Podcast. We are super excited to celebrate Black History Month this month, and we have Dr. Tanya Anderson, an associate professor at the University of Science and Arts with us today. Um, We're really excited to talk to her about her work there at the university and across the state. Um, Before we get started, I would like to say a special thank you to First National Bank and Trust Company for being a sponsor for the Chick Chamber Chatter podcast. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and get started. Hi, Dr. Anderson. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, Whitney, uh, good morning to you and thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Um, Cassie actually mentioned your name to me and we thought this would be the perfect setup considering it is Black History Month um, and the work that you do at the university. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do at the university and about yourself? Well, I uh, first I teach uh, a lot in the IDS courses. I teach American Civilization 1 and 2. Uh, I teach a variety of history courses, some of them dealing with African American history specifically and how that uh, history intersects with the larger American experience. Um, Presently I'm teaching a course over the history of the culture wars in America. Sure. I would love to hear some more about that as we get going. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, maybe a little bit more personally? Well, I'm a native Oklahoman, uh, born and raised in Logan County, just south of Guthrie, on a horse and cattle ranch. Okay. So I am a country girl. Very good. Um, I started my education at USAO. A thousand years ago, we won't talk about. <laughs> sure, when, years, sure. <laughs> but um, I started my education there and had a remarkable experience that actually provided me with the foundation for the graduate work that I did at Yale University, where I got my master's in African American studies and my PhD in American Studies. That is amazing. Congratulations on that. What a powerful degree to have um, to make changes in a world that we so much need. Definitely, it was a remarkable privilege uh, to have that education. And I would further agree um, that the privileges that we have demand a lot from us. And um, I was fortunate there and with other experiences that I've had to really um, see the need to make improvements. You know, um, when I was a kid, one of the formidable experiences that I had was through uh, a neighbor who had survived the Holocaust. Wow. And uh, the stories that she told 
really made a deep imprint on me. It it demonstrated um, the power of human resilience, the power of the spirit related, and how fragile our values can be. Sure. Um, and with that, how fragile democracy can be. Sure. You know, and so I think from that experience, and then with the experience of my parents and just coming up in the time that I did, um, because I was a civil rights baby. Sure. I will say that I will date myself okay, in that way, Whitney. Good. Yeah. But uh, in my household, I grew up hearing different stories about what people survived. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as what their dreams and aspirations were, not just for the family, but for this country. Sure. So those things shape me. <laughs> I would imagine. And I mean, what a what an impactful story um, and, and really a broad story that tells about a lot of different experiences and how we can all relate to those. Um, so, wow. That was a very powerful story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, So with your degrees and your life history there, how did that bring you to where you are here today with the university? Well, um, my spouse and I came back to Oklahoma and um, we felt the importance of, I don't know, how can I say it? Roots. Sure. <laughs> our, our roots. Yeah. You know, um, poor states like Oklahoma have a brain drain. You know, people go, they get their degrees, and then so many leave. Sure. And I think that we both felt that that uh, is problematic. And I had the opportunity to teach at USAO. So, um, and that was wonderful because um, I was able to reconnect with some of the powerful mentors that I had there. One person in particular, uh, Ingrid Schaefer. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Um, she was a dear, dear friend, uh, mentor. Um, and through her, she created a paradigm, at least in my mind, on what a well-rounded education should be, mm-hmm. what uh, a good instructor should do. Sure. You know, so for me, um, teaching at USAO was kind of like coming back home. That's wonderful. Uh, and I agree, there's just something about the university Um, It's a small campus, but it is very welcoming. Um, As a graduate myself, Cassie is a graduate also, we can definitely share those feelings um, about the university, and I know they're so excited to have you there. Um, You've also done some significant work on the state level um, at our round table that you've recently participated in. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oklahomans for criminal justice reform Uh, reached out to me uh, about a year ago and told me about uh, a project 
that um, was being facilitated through them, uh, Columbia University in New York, uh, and TEAM. And TEAM is an Oklahoma organization okay. as well, as well as uh, other partners. And unfortunately, as you know, um, while there are many positive things about Oklahoma, one of the more um, distressing things, I'll say, deals with the fact that we have the notoriety of being the uh, incarceration capital of the world. Sure. And especially for women. Mm -hmm. um, and also, um, there those Oklahomans who feel um, that we're also jockeying to be the execution capital of the world. And what does that say? Sure. So with this roundtable, um, a variety of different organizations that I mentioned came together and we talked about issues, specific issues um, that could stand improvement. Um, you know, one issue in particular deals with once people are released, how do they reestablish a foothold in society where they can be productive members? Sure. And if it's difficult to obtain housing, if it's difficult to obtain jobs, because people simply do not want to uh, hire a formerly incarcerated individual, then how do they make it? Sure. You know, and then we talked about you know, the impact on the family structure. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was one issue, and there were many issues. Anything is possible if you can reimagine it, you know. And so um, we certainly did not uh, have that silver coin where you can just, okay, here's the solution. Right. But we've escalated the discussion. That's wonderful. So this is something that will be continuing to happen? Yes, yes. How often will they, will they meet? Um, generally, we've been meeting approximately every two months. Okay. That's quite frequent. Yes, yes. That's wonderful. You know, um, and with the, uh, at least in terms of my purview, with the conference that um, the Fisher Center is planning for October of 2023, we're going to... Um, you know, continue that dialogue as well by talking about what do we mean by justice? Mm -hmm. What do we mean by liberty and equality? Sure. Those things mean different things for different people. Mm -hmm. um, and that's part of, I think, the political conflict that we see today. Absolutely. Um, but how we understand those concepts have direct implications on our systems of justice. I completely agree. Wow, that's incredible. Um, because everybody thinks 
things differently, right? That's what makes the world go round. Um, and I think getting a clear definition of those things, um, or maybe something that we can all use together makes a huge impact on the changes that we're trying to make. I feel that education has a huge part um, in providing a proper and good education for our for our children, for our communities, makes a huge difference um, on how people become adults and make good choices and have better options um, that don't lead them to lives and a life and an incarcerated life or different things that way. Um, so it seems like maybe that's how or is that part of your your part in here is the education piece to the roundtable or how how was the the roundtable made up? Well, you had a variety of different community leaders. So one um, um, organization outside of Oklahomans for Criminal Justice Reform and Team. Uh, you had the Crutcher Foundation, uh, founded by Tiffany, Dr. F uh, Tiffany Crutcher, uh, whose brother was uh, shot and killed in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. um, you had um, uh, people who were formerly incarcerated who told their story. Um, so with this, yes, there is a component to that mm -hmm. um, uh, through the conference, but the conference itself looks at the larger issue of democracy. Okay. You know, in um, 2021, we had our first Building Bridges conference, and that conference dealt with different strategies and techniques of dismantling racism. But then it occurred to me that racism, misogyny, homophobia, ageism, all of the isms that we have really are symptomatic of the health of our democracy. Okay. So that's what we, we're looking at and debating those things. But um, forgive me, I, I, I can go around the block like yeah. a lot of Southerners before I get to the no, point. No, that's okay. To your question. My role um, uh, primarily was that of a cultural stakeholder slash historian. Okay, wonderful. So, you know, in looking at the history of race relations in Oklahoma, um, specific policies, how they evolved over time, um, was uh, a way to help us understand the genesis and evolution of certain problems that we face today. Sure, absolutely. This has just been fascinating to me. I, I love hearing this story from you. Um, if you could give uh, maybe three three things or, or more, but what are ways that we can be better citizens or better supporters and, and help this democracy make improvements that you're mentioning? Well, you limited me to three. <laughs> well, no, 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 <laughs> no number, okay. no number. Um, first and foremost, I think, Bottom, well, let me say, bottom line for me is 
Treat others like you yourself would wish to be treated. Absolutely. That is uh, a simple phrase, but um, for me, I think, uh, well, personally, for me, it's a way of life. Absolutely. You know, um, and I think that if we take that approach, then it would allow us to extend more grace to people. Absolutely. To be able to hear people. One of the things um, that led to the creation of the Fisher Center itself was my concern that people were no longer listening to one another. There is no contract anywhere saying that we have to all agree right that right. we have to be cookie cutters of one another mm -hmm. um, and that's unrealistic and boring right, yeah. <laughs> you know but if you think about what is important in making a democracy viable it is through being able to listen, to negotiate, to compromise, to come together. Absolutely. And if you're the enemy and I really don't care what you have to say, then there's a problem because democracies do not last when we do that. Absolutely. I completely agree that you can't, you can't make a compromise if you've drawn a line in the sand. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, that's one thing okay. I think that people can do. Absolutely. The other thing does deal directly with education mm -hmm. and interaction. You know, um, all of us are human. We all have our biases. Sure. You know. And, um, and yes, it's very easy to look at me and say, you know, I don't like that woman's looks. <laughs> I don't like blah, 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 blah. And we can, you know, we can do that. That, you know, it's almost like a kind of little default mechanism. Mm -hmm. But it's through education, it's through interaction uh, that we learn to see past the different biases and things that we've been conditioned by. Sure. And education leads to critical thinking. It, um, and critical thinking is not a dirty word. We, right, use, yes. we use that every day. You should use that every oh, day. Yes, yeah. yes, you should. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, if you look back, it's, I, I think back to, you know, some of the letters and things that I read uh, from World War II veterans mm -hmm. and Vietnam veterans um, about certain exchanges. Now, in World War II, um, troops were segregated. Korea was the first war in which um, 
we had an integrated armed forces. Okay. And, you know, I've heard, uh, well, read and heard, you know, different veterans say, you know, um, when they experience personal tragedy on the battlefield and, you know, they relied upon someone who was different from them, cried in the arms of someone who was different from them, you know, then the myths, stereotypes, and so forth that people can carry mm -hmm. melt away. So interaction is very important. Education, very important. And with education, history. Sure, absolutely. You know. Um, history is very different than propaganda. History <laughs> makes no promises to say, oh, I'm going to create a narrative for you that is all good. History doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, it is the accumulation of the different human events that transpire. Some of them are marvelous and inspiring. Others are not, mm -hmm. but every lesson in history informs, you know, it's something to learn from. Absolutely. And it says something about who we are or how we've grown. Hopefully, yes, that would be the goal, to continue to make those progress yes. and to make progress in that way. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. First National Bank and Trust Company, providing all your local banking needs. Be sure to check out their mobile banking app and their Smart Money Scholarship Program. Follow the link in bio for more information. And you've mentioned a couple of times about the Fisher Center. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, I can. Actually, the seedlings for the Fisher Center started uh, in 2015. You know, not in terms of, oh, we need a center, but um, I'll say my concerns. My concerns started after uh, the tragedy that occurred in South Carolina in Charleston with Dylan Roof. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, I was working on um, uh, an article dealing with uh, dealing with issues of justice, liberty, and equality. Right. Um, um, but um, when that happened, and I read. Uh, Oh, his uh, manifesto, and I thought, okay, this this is bigger than what it initially appears to be, and so um, and one of the things that stood out to me was his writings about trying to start a race war, his writings about. Uh, those left behind 
whites who were left behind. And I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes you can have a... I don't even know how to articulate it. I, in German, in, uh, they refer to it as the Zeitgeist, mm-hmm. spirit of the times. And it seemed as if, for me, that was a pivotal event, which unfortunately it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, as a part of that research, I went underground. Um, looking at different uh, alt-right websites. And, uh, and I thought, okay, yeah, there, there's something much, much bigger in the making. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the narratives were, you know, uh, similar to Roof's. This idea of being left behind, this feeling of uh, uh, discontent. And, um, and then, uh, as we all know, we think back to that time, then we started seeing more and more language that was polarizing. And okay this is not good right yeah absolutely. <laughs> this is not good because um, for me my, one of my uh, uh, grandmother's favorite sayings was a chain is as strong as its weakest link right and when you think about uh, society such as ours a, a democratic republic those links mm-hmm. are very important yes they are so um, that was stewing in my mind, and former uh, vice president for academic affairs at USAO uh, sent me an email about an initiative from the Kellogg Foundation trying to promote uh, racial healing equity. And so she sent me this, and um, you know, I read it and I thought, man, we need something like that here. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to different people, had focus groups um, in different parts of the state to see if something like a Center for uh, Social Justice and Racial Healing would be desired. And I had positive responses. I reached out to Anita Hill, you know, uh, and remarkably she responded. And uh, I told her, you know, we have no money um, for a project like this. Um, We would like to try to raise money to get something started. Would you help us? And remarkably, she did. That's amazing. You know, and um, so we raised initial monies um, right before the pandemic 2019. Um, 
and with that it created a lot of visibility it was held in Oklahoma City at the History Center and um, Dr. Krista Jones happened to be at that event and um, about what was it ah oh, 11 months later I we got this remarkable check in the mail and that allowed us to really between the fundraising the direct fundraising that we received uh, with the Anita Hill gala event and with the generous donation from Dr. Krista Jones and then other small donations as well we were able to create a foundation for the center that's wonderful. So what does the foundation and the center, what, what are their activities that they do regularly? Uh, what we do is uh, the big deal is the conference. Okay. Um, but um, we work with other partner organizations. We uh, have partnered with uh, Respect Diversity Foundation. Uh, so uh, speakers, we brought speakers from that organization to the college to talk to students. So um, the founder of that, both of his parents remarkably survived the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And between the two of them, they went to 13 different death camps. That wow. is a remarkable thing. Yes, it is. And uh, they were relocated here in Oklahoma. Wow. So, um, you know, so he has talked to our students about this history. Um, and others, uh, in the fall, we had, um, we brought Julia Clifford in, uh, who's a filmmaker. She um, uh, directed and produced Children of the Civil Rights which is a documentary about the Oklahoma City sit-in movement. Yes, okay. And had a panel there. So, um, uh, events like that. Um, uh, we're partnered with the Oklahoma Poor People's Campaign. That's another group uh, that we're partnered with. With the Oklahoma Poor People's Campaign, um, we're looking at ways to create internships for students. Um, so, for example, um, the Oklahoma Poor People's Campaign would like to have a better pulse on some of the issues facing people in rural Oklahoma. And, um, for example, um, we talked about one issue with farmers, you know, um, issues of drought, right. water, yeah, you know. Um, and so um, we need, they are looking for students to uh, design surveys, make assessments, and this, that. That way, the skills that students are learning in the classroom can be applied to practical uh, applications and try to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, you know from speakers, uh, workshops, um, internships, scholarships we provide for students. So those are some of the things that we do. 
That's wonderful. And it's it's home base is at the university here in Chickasha? Yes. That is wonderful. And you're in charge of that? Yes. Yes. That's, that's wonderful. Um, if there are people within our community that want to support that or be a part of that, be more involved in that, how can they do that? They can uh, contact me directly at the university. Okay. And my uh, email is tanderson at usao.edu. Okay. They can contact the USAO Foundation office. Okay. So those are two ways in which they can contact. Okay, great. And we'll put that contact information in our show notes today um, in case you would like to reach out and learn more about the work that uh, Dr. Anderson and her team are doing at the university that really impacts the state as a whole. We're trying. um, You know, on the one hand, we got started 2019 but when the pandemic slows everything down you know and so uh this really uh has been the first year Mm -hmm. that we've been face to face and um you know trying to make up for lost time yeah and the face-to-face interactions are so important especially when you're talking about something as as sensitive as um racial equality and and understanding your neighbor yes um and making those uh those face-to-face face-to-face interactions i think just uh, helps with understanding and and seeing people from their other perspectives mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's wonderful that you're actually able to really uh, hit the ground running now. Um, I know we here at the chamber have just been thrilled to kind of put that in the past, that all of that mess in the past and really be able to interact and be with people. Um, and I think that's that makes all the difference in the world as well. Um, I don't know how much you know about the Chamber of Commerce or what we do here. Um, we're basically just a place for business members to come and, and build a network and, and learn and we can be an advocate for them. Do you have any recommendations for us as a chamber on ways that we can be better? Well, um, I don't know so much about a recommendation for okay. being better, but I do want to say thank you. Thank you because um, the chamber has uh, served as uh, uh, an internship laboratory for students. I place students here. Thank you, yes. And they have learned uh, a great deal. Every student that I've placed here has raved about what they've learned. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. And... um, the other thing, you know, when a person is in crisis, that is when you need people. And I have to say about um, my interaction with the different businesses in Chickasha, um, outside of, oh, I need something to eat, oh, I need to do this and just do the mundane things, but... Um, in uh, June of 2022, I had a crisis. Mm-hmm. My spouse died. I'm very sorry to hear that. And um, different entities 
were so gracious, you know, um, and I refer to them as tiny blessings, unexpected blessings sure. from strangers. Yes. And um, I think that that is one thing that is very special about Chickasha. I agree. Yes. It's, it's not a, a big town and it's not a little town, but you know a lot of people, generally speaking, whenever you get out and about and um, this community responds. Uh, Indeed. They do. Indeed. I agree. Well, we appreciate that compliment very much. Um, anything else that you can think that maybe we haven't touched on that might be good for our listeners? I can't think of anything other than to say to you guys, continue doing what you're doing. It makes a difference um, in spite of the pandemic and other challenges. Chickasha, as a city, has taken true initiative to build upon um, kind of the hidden resources that are here. Sure. It's it's history, it's the architecture of the downtown, the different things, the desire to bring in new people and new businesses. So keep it up. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Um, and the same to you. We appreciate the work that you're doing at the university and across the state. Um, the chamber looks to be a partner with you and the Fisher Foundation with anything that you need. Um, and I, I very much appreciate you taking the time out to visit with me today. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. And please sure to check our show notes. We'll have additional information um, about how to reach Dr. Tanya Anderson, the Fisher Center, and uh, more information about the things we've talked about today. Thank you very much. It's Whitney. my pleasure. Thank you. all so much for joining us for episode two of season three of the Chickasha Chamber Chatter podcast. Hope that you've learned a lot about the work that she's doing here in Oklahoma and about the work that still needs to be done. If you have any additional questions about Dr. Tanya Anderson's work or the Fisher Center here at the University of Science and Arts, we will have um, information for that in our show notes for you to check out. Before we sign off, I want to say thank you to our podcast sponsor, First National Bank and Trust Company. Uh, We appreciate you joining us this month, and we will see you for our next episode. See you soon.